Welcome to Living Life. Hey, have you ever thought about the world's legal systems? You know, the systems by which we govern our conduct, our criminal conduct, our civil conduct. Have you ever thought about where it came from? Well, some believe that it, it came from Babylonian sources. Um, you know, certainly we know that Moses wrote down what was the, the laws of God. But the point is, it, the source of all law is from God that predated everything that we know, predated man, predated the world. It is the sources from God. And how do we know what God thinks and what God thought about the law and the legal systems? Because he tells us in his word. He tells us in Deuteronomy. He tells us in Leviticus and Numbers and throughout the scriptures. So that's how we know. And what does he say? What we find out is God is a God of perfect justice, and God is, is a God of perfect vengeance. He says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. But he's also a God of perfect justness, perfect fairness to not only to the, those involved like the victim, but also to the accused and the rights of the accused. Let's look at the passage and see how this all plays out and works out to God's glory. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verses 1 through 14. When the Lord your God has destroyed the nations whose land he is giving you, and when you have driven them out and settled in their towns and houses, then set aside for yourselves three cities in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Determine the distances involved and divide into three parts the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, so that a person who kills someone may flee for refuge to one of these cities. This is the rule concerning anyone who kills a person and flees there for safety, anyone who kills a neighbor unintentionally, without malice, aforethought. For instance, a man may go into the forest with his neighbor to cut wood, and as he swings his axe to fell a tree, the head may fly off and hit his neighbor and kill him. That man may flee to one of these cities and save his life. Otherwise, the avenger of blood might pursue him in a rage, overtake him if the distance is too great, and kill him even though he is not deserving of death, since he did it to his neighbor without malice aforethought. This is why I command you to set aside for yourselves three cities. If the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he promised on oath to your ancestors and gives you the whole land he promised them, because you carefully follow all these laws I command you today to love the Lord your God and to walk always in obedience to him, then you are to set aside three more cities. 
Do this so that innocent blood will not be shed in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you as your inheritance, and so that you will not be guilty of bloodshed. But if out of hate someone lies in wait, assaults and kills a neighbor, and then flees to one of these cities, the killer shall be sent for by the town elders, be brought back from the city, and be handed over to the avenger of blood to die. Show no pity. You must purge from Israel the guilt of shedding innocent blood, so that it may go well with you. Do not move your neighbor's boundary stone set up by your predecessors in the inheritance you receive in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Welcome back to Living Life. As I said earlier, God is a God of perfect justice, perfect righteousness, perfect fairness, perfect justness. This God that we serve not only is a God of justice, but he's one who protects the rights of the accused and the rights of the innocent. He makes a distinction between the guilty and the innocent. And in this particular passage, we see that the Israelites are ready to enter into the promised land, into the land of Canaan. And Moses is telling them, when you enter the land, when you settle the land and, and begin to take hold of what God has given you, set aside for yourself three cities in that land, in Canaan, those three cities will be cities of refuge where those who have unintentionally or accidentally killed someone can then flee to those cities before they are prematurely killed by the avenger of the person who died. Wow. Let's look into this a little more. In the passage, we see that there's these three cities of refuge that are set aside. These three cities of refuge are supposed to have no obstructions. There are supposed to be signs to those cities. And the cities are intertribal, which simply means that all the tribes, anyone who accidentally or unintentionally kills somebody, can flee to any one of those cities that's closest to them. And the point, it should be a place, the city should be very accessible so the person makes it to that city and they have what we call due process. Notice an opportunity to be heard about what actually happened. Because what happens many times in these times, and even today, when someone is killed, the family is very enraged and want justice right away. But God is more concerned about protecting the rights of those accused to distinguish between the guilty and the innocent. So in this particular case, God sets up these cities with the judges in the cities or elders, and the elders make a determination based upon the story of the person who's accused of this killing, and they determine after investigation whether this is a legitimate accident or unintentional killing, or whether this particular killing is intentional. You know, in, in effect, where somebody lies and waits and has a plan to kill somebody, or it's done 
uh, with what we call malice, when you intend to harm someone. So these judges or these elders are supposed to make a distinction between the guilty and the innocent, so that innocent blood is not shed in the land, this promised land that God has given them. God is really reflecting his character when he affords this city, this time, this place for people to flee to so they have a hearing and kind of a trial to determine whether or not they should actually pay for what happened. Now, if somebody flees to this city and they intentionally killed somebody, they committed what we call homicide, then that person will not be allowed to stay in the city. They will be released to the family avenger to do to that person what that person did to the person who was actually killed. But the person who actually is determined to be innocent by reason of an accident, that individual gets to stay in the city until the high priest dies, and then they can leave. They have sanctuary. They have refuge from anyone who would do them harm. God is telling us about who he is. God is telling us that he is the God who protects the innocent, but he's also the God that does not leave the guilty unpunished. What we're actually hearing about, what we're really seeing in this scripture is a God of perfect justice, a God of perfect righteousness, a God of perfect fairness to all the parties involved. There's another little incident uh, thing that in the scripture in that in verse 13 and 14 that God refers to about private property, that he also wants private property protected as well because he's the one who ultimately uh, was giving property. So in this, in this particular passage, he says also, don't remove boundary markers and cheat someone out of land or property that has been given to them. That also is detestable or offensive to God. So God is again saying, I'm the God of truth. I'm the God of justice. I'm the God of righteousness across the board in all respects. There's no legal system that even matches up to God. But God is the one through whom he has given us the legal system and he's giving us the ability to distinguish between the rights of the accused, rights of the innocent, and those who are guilty so that we could also have a system that reflects the perfect justice, the perfect righteousness, and the perfect fairness of God. What about you today? Are you crying out for God's perfect justice? Are you crying out for the righteousness of God? Well, God is that God, and he will bring forth perfect justice and perfect righteousness. But what we should also be crying out for is God's mercy as well and his grace especially in our time of need.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, this opportunity. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your perfect justice, your perfect righteousness, your perfect fairness, but most importantly, your perfect mercy and perfect grace. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. For a Lecina Vardal and Stepping in Prosa, CGM.